Time and again, the world bears witness to truths seldom said. Lend an ear. We promise enlightened, informed conversation. My name is Robert, and this is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Very special guest today, Mr. Parvin Chopra, the editor of the South Asian Times, an expert really in his field of journalism, a fine writer, a publisher, an expert in meditation. In his native country of India, he produced a, a newspaper magazine called Life Positive. Arriving in the United States, he has produced uh, an interfaith newspaper, which deals with some of the same subjects. An individual has a lot to share that may sound novel to the American ear, but it's meaningful, important, and relevant to the way we live today. Parveen, welcome to Seldom Said. Thank you for inviting me. It is our pleasure, I can assure you. Can we start with a little bit of personal background, who you are, where you've been, and what's brought you to this time and place? Yep. So, I was born in uh, North India and uh, had an education in, in science, but I veered towards uh, literature, um, skipping, uh, bunking my science classes I used to be found in libraries. And uh, at some one point of time, had a whole lot of stuff. And uh, then I learned meditation. That was a turning point in my life, uh, learning transcendental meditation. I, before that, I used to be an atheist, which I, I till today, I, I'm not sure that there is any God or God exists. But uh, that meditation experience, going to a state where uh, there is no awareness of surroundings, no thoughts, but you are still conscious, a kind of experience of pure consciousness. I thought maybe closer to what people talk about God, God consciousness or God state. Um, so that experience was so uh, peaceful, relaxing, that I started even teaching meditation. But then I thought that I can't make a living from teaching meditation. So I did a uh, course in uh, journalism, mass communication from Punjab University in Chandigarh. Chandigarh is a uh, capital city of Punjab state. And uh, so from then onwards, I can say that I have been a professional journalist. But then after working in some news organizations, including the best news magazine of India. It's called India Today. It's like the Time magazine uh, of India or Newsweek. Uh, very well respected, very well uh, uh, researched, edited uh, magazine. I worked for that. And uh, another, uh, uh, the, I, I see that you're going to ask me about ep Epiphanies, was I once for that magazine, I wrote an article about what around that point of time in India were called growth therapies. You heard of, you know about therapies. Uh, people have a problem, psychological problem, and they, they go to a therapist. But there were so many courses, so many workshops uh, coming to India around that time. So this was uh, about uh, 30 years ago in the 1980s, like Reiki, like Silva Mind Control Method. Um, and various, uh, um, like the, uh, the landmark forum. I, I underwent, because of my background in meditation, I, I, I took all those courses, many of those courses, and saw, saw so much interest in, in those things in India and all, all over the world. And around that time in, in America, there was a movement called New Age Movement or Body, Mind, Spirit kind of uh, stuff going on. Um, this was, I think, after the after the hippie re revolution, the, the hippie period, when people were searching for meaning and, and so on, and they veered towards many of these things, meditation and, and these growth therapies. Uh, so, the, so I wrote that article for India Today magazine. It was a, a big six-page article. And we received about 500 phone calls, another 500 letters from readers uh, talking about their experiences and, and so, so, so there was something happening in society that people are looking for improvement, self-improvement in, in a very positive way and, and there's so many systems around and they're trying out those systems and people are also very eclectic. Uh, eclectic meaning a, a Hindu may try a Buddhist meditation 
ओके और 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 जैन जैन मेडिटेशन टेक्निक एंड सो ऑन सो देर वॉज अ इंटरमिंगलिंग ऑफ ऑफ वेरियस रिलीजियस ट्रेडिशन वेरियस स्पिरिचुअल ट्रेडिशंस सो आई थॉट इफ देर सो मच इंटरेस्ट इन इन दीज थिंग्स सो एंड आई आई न्यू दैट न्यू एज मैगजीन इन अमेरिका वर डूइंग वेल इवन मैगजीन लाइक योगा जर्नल आर आर टॉप सेलिंग मैगजीन आई स्टार्ट सिमिलर मैगजीन इन इंडिया एंड दैट वॉज द फर्स्ट मैगजीन स्पिरिचुअल मैगजीन आई कॉल्ड इट बॉडी माइंड स्पिरिट मैगजीन और पर्सनल ग्रोथ मैगजीन आई स्टार्टड दैट कॉल्ड लाइफ पॉजिटिव एंड आई रैन दैट फॉर टेन ईयर्स एंड फॉर सम रीजन्स आई हैड टू कम टू अमेरिका विल कम टू दैट लेटर This is uh, predominantly a Judeo-Christian country, but with a growth in Southwest Asian population and beliefs. A Christian, for instance, will pray to his Godhead: "I am here; God is there. I am reaching out to Him or her or them." A Hindu or a Buddhist, it would seem, is becoming one with a godlike spirit. Can you explain the difference for an American audience? Yes, um, it boils down to again uh, meditation and the experience in meditation. Um, I think people uh, created idols, uh, a godhead, a figure, uh, because it's very difficult to to relate to a unmanifest, omnipresent. Kind of God, so they they create the particularly in 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 India in Hinduism and and Buddhism they create the Godhead uh, uh, images or or idols. Uh, God, if there is any God, is uh, is within. That, that's what certainly the the Indian tradition, all the. uh indian main religions that started in india which i'll say are hinduism buddhism jainism and sikhism islam came to india and there are so many muslims in india but the these religions um talk about knowing yourself and and dip diving deep into yourself like i said i i learned meditation and then what does meditation do to you you reach a state where there are no thoughts and that state of pure consciousness is also called universal consciousness and maybe equivalent to god i i will say so if there is any god it is not out there it there is now with with the cosmology and so we know there is no heaven where is the heaven so if there is anything spiritual anything like god it is within yourself and uh, in hinduism particularly they equate uh, there there's a uh, a vedic hymn vedic uh, phrase called aham brahmasmi i am brahman brahman is the unmanifest omnipresent omnipotent uh, universal consciousness so that i think is the difference between indian look at godhead or think spiritual and and the western thomas aquinas a very famed christian theologian was once asked what do you do when you haven't proof he said i take a leap of faith is there this conceptual acceptance and embrace of the concept of faith no i think the personal experience uh, is 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 very important unless i experience something i i know um for example um different kinds of waves or or energies we we can't see them but still uh, science tells tells us that they are there so so we believe uh but i i think uh, indian religions did do say that uh, you should explore yourself and believe what you see what you experience and uh, faith you can have faith in a system and then practice the system and then then and then if you find you experience something and then then you believe is there an inherent danger parveen in accepting injustice 
or aggressive actions against oneself by simply rationalizing that I am the better, I am improving, you cannot hurt me because you will be punished in a later life, I simply am as I am, and you cannot reach me. Is there a problem with that? No, the injustice, one has to fight uh, whatever injustice is, is around. But I will uh, say differently, um, the current um, inter-religious problems in America, all over the world, now even New Zealand, there was a terrorist attack on, on, a, on a mosque. I will say uh, everybody should think deeply that my religion is not necessarily the best. Other religions, because I, I, I talk to people from other religions, everybody thinks that their religion is the best. So if you think that their religion is the best, then you will try to impose it on, on, on others. The, the reverse should be there that I should try to understand other religions, not just tolerate, but respect other religions. And it, like, I, I will try, I'll go to a, a Sikh temple. I'm a Hindu by religion. I'll go to a Sikh temple. I'll, if I'm invited, I'll go to a church or whatever and try to learn. Just today, editing uh, the in, interfaith uh, newspaper called One World Under God, I was editing an article about kosher foods. Uh, a new guy wrote an article. So it was very interesting to, to learn what is kosher food uh, and, and so on. So one should learn about other cultures, other traditions, uh, other religions, and uh, that is very important in today's world. There is so much we have in common. You mentioned a Jewish gentleman sharing his cuisine. It seemed at core that we are one and the same from the same trunk. There was an article in the Times at the time of George Harrison's death. A friend of his said, I never saw any human being so ready. And that struck many people in a Western audience as unusual, so ready for when we accept the end of life as inevitable, we tend to simply say, oh, one more day, medication. Is there anything that will work? He was saying to his wife, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. Can you explain in a very cursory fashion, short fashion, this concept of reincarnation, which sounds so different? This is uh, another, um, another concept where it's very difficult to find proof. So I'm a little skeptical. And reincarnation, yes, certainly it comes from the Indian tradition, from the from the Hindu tradition, Buddhist, Jain, Jains also. They, I think Sikhs also. They they, they believe in reincarnation. And um, um, having background in spirituality, I'm also a journalist, and I'll try to look at all these concepts or subjects uh, with an objective. Uh, uh, objective viewpoint and in the magazine I was editing we, we did write about reincarnation and I tried to find if is there any proof and some kind of proof we did find there uh, there's a, a very respected institution in Bangalore in, in South India um, mental health institution they for some reason got some grant to study reincarnation and uh, so they try to trace some people, normally children, who claim to remember their previous lives. So they track them down and they try to uh, try to study whether the kids were just kidding or, or there was some some basis to that. And the the most interesting proof, if you can say, uh, of reincarnation, what they found is that if somebody is is uh, has a uh, phobia about water. And then they studied, okay, so this child or now uh, an adult has a phobia about water and he also remembers his previous life. And then they went to that previous life and found that, that in the previous life that person died from drowning. If And they found some cases where somebody had bullet marks, some kind of marks on, 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 the, on the chest 
and the person claimed to have died previously and they tracked down the, the, that person and that person had died from bullet wounds. So something continued from, from one life to, to another. Some people remember, most of us don't remember our previous lives. People who do may have died from trauma, under traumatic conditions and, and killed or, or whatever. So there is some kind of proof there, but generally, as I there is no proof of, of reincarnation. So this is the only life we have, and we should live it to the fullest, live it to the best of our, uh, our ability, and certainly not harm others. There's a very famous quotation that coincidence is God trying to be anonymous. You've had so many epiphanies in your life. You've done so many different things, here, there, everywhere, on both sides of the planet. Do you believe in a destiny and a fate, or do you believe this is pure chance? <laughs> yes. Uh, what's the word? Uh, for tweet, for tweetious circumstances, it it has happened to me. Um, the coming to America is pure by chance. Uh, like I said before, I was. Uh, publishing, editing. I was the MD of that company publishing Life Positive magazine. And some things happened that uh, the revenue went down and, and the promoter, the financier said, uh, no, I, I, I gave up. I said, I cannot make the publication profitable, so I, I quit. So I quit. And for a while I found a job as a... Um, that was the first time a mainstream paper in Bombay called Daily News and Analysis hired me as a spiritual editor. This title, this designation didn't exist in India in, in journalism. I was maybe the first to be hired as a spiritual editor. Anyway, and so some things happened that I had to quit even that job. Okay, so I was without a job and uh, looking for another work or something. And then I got a call from, from a publisher in America, in New York, that they wanted to hire me as an editor of a newspaper for the Indian community published from here. I said, bingo, why not? So, so I, I said yes, and within a month, and we had no plans. My wife was also in between jobs. Uh, she is uh, into garment uh, merchandising. And... Uh, no plans, not even thinking about leaving India or going coming to America or going to another country. Uh, so I said yes, and within a month I was on a flight to to New York, and uh, and so that was the beginning. But that was not the end of how I'm still sitting here 11 years later. Uh, when I came here, I said, okay, now that I'm here, I might as well make it my home. So a new immigrant, how do you make? America, your home. So I learned that the, the 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 basic thing you have to have is you have to have a green card. And under Trump's America, now people say that you have to even be a citizen to be to feel secure and 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 stable enough. So so it was Obama's uh, America then. But I said I, I learned that uh, green card is the is the first thing. So. And how, how does one get a green card? Uh, these days, uh, with the Indian community, particularly uh, with H-1B visas and so on, work visas, it's very hard to earn a green card in America. To, to people from India or wherever, these days I gave the advice, do not come to America. It's very difficult to settle down here. Go to Canada, go to Australia, go to New Zealand, other English-speaking countries. Indian, Indians are very good at speaking English. So I tell them, do not, please do not, because it may take you 10 years, 20 years to get a green card, and without a green card, you don't feel settled enough. So what happened in my case? <laughs> I, I talked to people, and they said, Mm, there's one way, not many people know about that way. There's a category, visa category called EB1, which means uh, uh, em employment uh, uh, EB1, which is uh, meant for Nobel Prize winners, meant for uh, Olympic uh, 
uh, Olympic uh, medal winners or, or PhDs and, and so on. I, I'm not a PhD. I'm not a Nobel Prize winner. I'm a journalist, and I did some good things in India, like publishing a magazine and so on. So my immigration lawyer said, good, you can try, but you have a one in a million chance that you will get through in that. I said, okay. My wife said, okay, let's try. So we put together a big fat file of whatever I'd done in my life, all my clippings, journalistic clippings and so on. And within three months, I had a green card in my hand. <laughs> it came in the mail. No questions asked. These days, there's so many queries and, and so on. For even, even for EB1, even for a work visa, there's so many problems coming up. I had a, so after coming to America, within three years, I had a green card. And, okay, it, this was Obama's America, but I knew, no, we have to be citizens to still feel particularly secure. So five years after I got my green card, I applied for citizenship for myself, for my family, and we became voters, and now we are Americans, anybody else. So this is how I, I'm here. You're the, uh, the captain of your own adventure, <laughs> in truth. It would seem to me that judging you across the table, and we've met uh, a couple of times now, you're a perpetual optimist. You're not a person who will say, if I try this, it won't work out. You're saying, I'll try this, it's one in a million, but why not? Do you feel that's the case? You view things from that prism? Yes. Um, but also, um, particularly in this case, my wife was pushing me. Because I think women, we, we have wives, okay? <laughs> women are particularly, they, they, they want to feel secure um, in every situation. For, for example, a house. For, for women, it's very important to to be living in your own house and not in a rented house. So so the story continues that uh, soon after we got a green card, okay, so my wife did push me. She said, if this is the only way that we'll get a green card and settle down here, then then, then do it. More so for, for our uh, sons, we have one son, more so for his sake. So America, we are doing just about okay. Uh, but it is going to do good for my my son. So I think for immigrants, the, the second generation does extremely well. My son is already studying in Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, doing uh, uh, electrical engineering with a with a minor in in alter artificial intelligence and he's in his third year and I'm sure he's doing going to do very very well more more than what I have been able to do or achieve here it sounds like you're winning at the game of life there's a marvelous quotation from a Russian poet Yevgeny Yatyshenko he was once asked why is he so loyal to his native land and he said east or west home is best do you feel that wherever you take your hat off wherever you sit down to supper with your family, that is your nation, do you feel that you could survive and thrive in any country? I, I used to take it even further. I used to joke to people that I can live on the moon <laughs> or, 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 or any other planet. If, and uh, maybe the next generation, a few years down the line, they uh, have to move to another planet or, or the moon or whatever. So um, I... I uh, at w maybe when I was growing up, there was scarcity in, in India. There was, and I'm very old, old meaning I was born in 1953. And this was, uh, what, six years after India became independence. And the early years in, in India, independent India, there were not Poverty for the middle class. I come from a middle class family, but yes, there was always this sense in the home that there should be more money. There should be more money, but there wasn't. We had, we were a family of seven. I mean, um, seven children, and our parents could just about uh, make do with the, the money they they had. And so when I was growing up, there was a sense that I have to leave India to make a better life, and. My first attempt um, in the in India in the independence struggle, there's a uh, a big movement, uh, famous movement called Quit India, that Indians uh, 
were asking the British to, to leave, just go away, quit India movement. I started my own quit India movement in the sense that I wanted to quit India, leave India. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when I was uh, 24 or 25, my first attempt to leave India was, I went to Australia. Uh, I had a girlfriend and in, in, in Melbourne. And, uh, and I, uh, but that, that, uh, it was an immigration, that attempt didn't turn out well after a year or so, didn't work out, so I went back to India. And after that, I never even uh, thought of uh, leaving India, and then suddenly the America thing came up and I'm here. Some time ago, uh, I was privileged to conduct one of the last interviews with the marvelous philosopher, writer, and actor Theodore Brickell. He took the position that he was an immigrant and he would always look upon himself as an immigrant. He felt that anyone who was born someplace else and comes to a new place will always have his heart somewhere and his mind at present. Do you feel that phrase once an immigrant, always an immigrant, holds true for the first generation? Uh, people around me, um, they do feel very strongly, for example, about Indian politics. I, on the other hand, got very involved in American politics. <laughs> uh, the, the election, 2016 election was a very personal, visceral experience for me when, uh, when uh, Trump defeated uh, Hillary Clinton. I voted for Hillary. And, uh, but being a journalist, I had to write about whatever is happening. So just before the election, I, I wrote the front page uh, comment or article that um, no matter what people are saying or thinking, Trump is going to win. So even though I didn't want him to win, but th that, is, that is what was going to happen, I, I thought. Uh, so no, I... I, I I, I, I still, because I publish, I edit a paper for the Indian community, I still move around more in the, um, in the Indian community. But uh, no, I'm not that involved uh, with what's happening back home. And like I said, I could be um, a moon person or, or a Mars person. <laughs> the Indian diaspora is affecting America in the mainstream, East Coast, West Coast, Central, South, the Indian population is growing and speaking and making its voice heard. Have you ever contemplated or played with the idea of following the lead of people like Bobby Jindal, getting involved actively in politics? You can't do that as a journalist, but could you conceive of yourself segueing from journalism into active politics? No, politics is not uh, my cup of tea, but you mentioned Jindal. Jindal is history. What is uh, happening now uh, in the 2020 presidential election, Kamala Harris is, you can't say a front runner, but still among the top four or five people that the Democratic Party is going to, going to look at. And um, she may emerge the, the nominee of the Democratic Party, and she is half Indian. Kamala Harris, the current senator from California, his, her mother is Indian, and I think her father is Jamaican. And she was brought up by her Indian mother from South India. So that's how the name Kamala comes from the mother, the Hindu name, and Harris from her father. Um, then you have Tulsi Gabbard, not uh, that well-known, but she is also running for president. She is not Indian, but she is Hindu. And she is the first Hindu-American running for president in, in America. Susie Gabbard had a background in, in uh, military service. She's from Hawaii. And, um, and she, she does not hide her Hindu faith. Um, she is a practicing Hindu. So she's there. And then uh, uh, among the prominent uh, uh, Indian-American politicians, you have four in House of Representatives, 
and uh, then Kamala Harris in, in, in the Senate. Um, so the Indian community, I am not sure whether the their representation in, in the U.S. Congress or, uh, or uh, local New York state is um, representative of the, the population, Hindu Indian population in America, but they are becoming prominent and not just in, uh, in politics. In, uh, in Silicon Valley, the Microsoft, then uh, Google uh, have Indian American CEOs. Let me see if I'm not wrong. Satya Nadella, yeah, he's uh, Microsoft. Then Google has Sundar Pichai. He's the CEO of, of Google. So in more, more than politics, I think in, 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 in technology, in business, Indians are, are doing very well. Uh, Indian Americans uh, uh, also have a lion's share of uh, the hospitality business, the, the motels, many, uh, the, the particularly one community from Gujarat called Patels, they have went into motel business. And so motels are now called Potels. They are owned by, run by Patels. Uh, and, and also in, in, uh, in hospitality business, this, uh, Indians are doing well. In medicine, Indians are doing well. Uh, in my last newspaper, we published a news that, uh, that in, uh, uh, in 10 years, there are going to be a few hundred thousand, maybe 200,000 shortage of doctors in, in, in America. For whatever reason, there are not enough medical schools. So Indian doctors are coming in from, from India, Pakistan also. And there are so many Indian doctors, maybe 100,000 uh, Indian doctors practicing in America. And uh, so th there should be more opportunities for, for doctors from, from South Asia to, because there is going to be a shortage, shortage of doctors. I, I go to... Um, to my hospital and I don't get an appointment for two months or so, so there are not, not enough doctors around to, to see you. Is. A Pakistani colleague in conversation with me on this microphone, actually, made the comment that we're not as good in business as Indians are. I wish we were. When I look up at the Indian population and see the Indian individuals, Indian heritage being displayed in my own community as well as others, I see a striving for success. Do you feel that's the normal striving of a first-generation immigrant who wants to make it for their children? Or is there something inherent about the culture where the striving for excellence is part of parental life? I think... Uh Indian parents uh, uh, put a lot of emphasis on education, which after coming here, I, I learned that Jews also are very big on, on educating their children. Uh, I don't know about Jew families, but Indian families, like uh, my family, we will support our son till whatever he wants to do. Bachelor is fine. We'll support. We are funding him. Oh, totally. We didn't take any, any uh, loan. Um, and if he wants to do masters, we are ready to support even his uh, study for, for masters. So the many, most of the Indian parents I, I know, they will support their children to get the best education uh, possible. And uh, <coughs> so that is one aspect. The other aspect I think is uh, Indians are maybe more so after coming here, they save money. Um, they save money so that that money can be used to to start a business or or, or to buy a house or or, or whatever and uh, my my wife works in a in an american company cable vision uh, optimum uh, cable channel and she says that so many of her colleagues are living paycheck to paycheck so she's all at the same level as as them 
but we are living comfortably. If somebody is asked, asked for a loan of $10,000, in fact, the other day I gave a loan of $10,000 to somebody, we have the money. We have the money to pay the bills. We, we don't um, uh, pile up uh, the credit card uh, balances and so on. We, the credit card, we, we buy on credit card and then we pay every month or whatever. But people have credit card debts and, and, and so on. So um, how, how do we save money? Maybe we cook more at home. We eat more at home, uh, which is maybe a healthier option. But then the, the lifestyle of America is such, and maybe um, uh, the, the next generation, even my, my son will be maybe eating out more or more than cooking at home. But then that, that is the lifestyle of, of America. People, three meals a day. Um, somebody told me people come to the office, the first thing they have is they go to Dunkin' Donut and buy a big <laughs> cup of coffee and, and with that, why can't you make a cup of coffee at home? <laughs> That's how. I've heard that said as well. You mentioned success, and when I see success in the Southwest Asian immigrant community, I do not see examples of sexism. You mentioned Kamala Harris. Do you feel that amongst those you're associated with and work with, gender doesn't matter? If you had a daughter, there would be the same drive. Is that true or false? Daughters traditionally in India were uh, disfavored compared to sons. That is true. Uh, luckily for me, <laughs> we have only one son. <laughs> so that is not a problem. But yes, uh, I can give you the tra uh, traditional example of uh, how daughters are disfavored. My wife, uh, there are three, two other sisters and one brother. When her father died, he left all his property, all his bank balance for the son, not a penny for the three daughters. So, and... That is very customary. Like my mother, my mother comes from a big farming family. There were four sisters and one son. The son got all the land, and the, 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 the rationale for parents gave is, oh, when the daughters get married, we give dowry. That's a tradition in India. We give money or furniture or, or things. Uh, so, so we've given their share of the of the parents' property or, or bank balance or money in, in dowry. So nothing more. That's it. Um, but, but yes, uh, educated urban Indians, uh, no discrimination between men and women, particularly coming to America. Uh, I, I was talking about politics. I voted for, for Hillary Clinton in the election. My wife voted for Trump. I didn't, I didn't tell her to not vote for Trump or, or to influence her mind. Leonid Brezhnev, the former Soviet premier, was once taken to a football game in Washington, and his guest from the American Council had tried to explain football to him. And Brezhnev kept on saying, they all fall down, they all get up, they all fall down, they all get up. Was there a striking part of American culture that stuck in your mind as being so distinctively different and difficult to understand? Was there something about the United States that struck you as something you're going to have to get used to? Um, there's some very basic things uh, that uh, one learns after coming here. In India, uh, we have the ground floor and the next floor is first floor. Here it is, the ground floor is the first floor. <laughs> the, <laughs> then, then, uh, uh, we call it a lift. You call it an elevator. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, e even in, in my journalism uh, uh, field, we have to be very careful of British and English spelling and American spelling. Uh, in India, and I think in most parts of the world, people follow British English. And maybe that is a proper English. But here... Uh, there are different words for the, for the same thing. Like we say biscuit, you say cookie. <laughs> so, uh, so Indians speak uh, British English, and then we, we learn after coming here 
the language and 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 then all these things but culturally what oh yeah culturally initially uh or even till this date i can say one thing uh, i have not been invited to any americans home so far indians asians south asians you get to know and oh, come over come home have tea or have a drink or or something i i, I not that i i've not met too many americans also but uh, but nobody invites me home <laughs> shall i end this program with a blanket invitation for anyone in the listening audience to invite you and your entire family <laughs> to supper <laughs> welcome and and we'll in turn invite you to indian meal at our place my wife cooks very well oh marvelous indian cuisine is i know the coming thing in nassau and suffolk counties on the island it is marvelous and it takes a technique that comes with experience not a book now you've mentioned your newspapers and your journalistic efforts the southwest asian times is written beautifully it is marvelous english one could use it in an english class in high school or college can you describe the efforts you have made to start this newspaper yeah um i have a long varied intense experience in 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 journalism in writing in editing in rewriting like i mentioned india today magazine in in india back home in india which is as good as the editing and the standards are as good as time magazine or newsweek um so there my my job was rewriting so um publishing editing this paper is uh, i can do it in my sleep uh, because of my my experience and and background but yes uh, i personally read edit correct proofread whatever goes into into the paper uh, it's not a large paper it's a weekly 32 pages only uh, maybe a few pages for ads and uh, we try to and and not just uh writing or editing or proofreading we also uh actually i think uh, that's my personal trait i i think that we should give out positive information to the world send out positive thoughts to the world so there are scandals there are Uh, the the negative things even indian among indian community people do wrong corruption or whatever and uh, but we still try to highlight the the positive positive aspect one page i like about my paper which i introduced we call it self help that there's so much information about politics and and business and so on. so m- much of that is not going to help me in my personal life in any way so what is the information what are the new things happening around that uh, i can use to improve my life so a reader can can use to improve his or her life so we try to give that kind of information um and that can come from from health and i i personally believe that the traditional wisdom whether in india or 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 or, or judaism or or any culture is very important and now we are at a time when various uh, fields in science are also proving that some of the traditional wisdom in in different traditions is the the wise thing to to follow to do for example early to bed and and early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise there's a current generation my son for example he doesn't sleep till 2 o'clock 3 o'clock and that's not my son most young people i heard these days they that that is a norm now so so normal but that's not healthy um so so, so many things so i would more and more try to try to look at those things and 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 tell our readers tell the world that these are the things which are healthy for the mind for the body for society and for the world virtually every piece of fiction or non-fiction i've ever read that was recognized by a national international audience the author thanked the editor people who received the academy award i thank my director and my editor the editor before the parents what are your duties as an editor and why is it so important 
actually lately i started using another word for myself for what i do curator <laughs> uh curators normally you only hear in uh, the word in art art circles but uh like take this newspaper uh south asian times this is 32 pages there's so much news information around so what do you publish you have to think out of these 10 health items health news items which one do i pick up so that i think is the job of not just the editor of the curator to to present the best information the most relevant information uh to, to and, and package it well so editor's job is also okay in in a print publication for example the space is limited you have only on on a on a website on your on the internet you can keep posting as many articles as you want the space there is unlimited space in print is limited so you have to you have to give more stories and also that means you have to make the stories very precise uh one editor i had the the in in india daily news and analysis it was a new newspaper started and and i joined as a spiritual editor the first thing he said he said no news item no story should be longer than 400 words 400 words i know new york times has one page uh, long it's called long form stories uh, th- that may be needed but that is the trend in in journalism 400 word story you big story big scoop or whatever you have to say it in 400 words because space is limited in in, in a print paper uh, so that is what i try to do in, in my job as a newspaper editor salvador dali marvelous modern painter was once asked is your painting finished he said what do you mean finished it's never finished it's never finished you want to buy it buy it but don't ask me if it's finished because i have not finished my work with the canvas how do you know that an article is finished and ready for publication whatever the information available on that particular story when we are going to print we try to pack uh in, in that story and there yeah, are uh, stories new stories are evolving things change and uh and but but that point of time you think that this is the information i have and i have to and i have to give it i can't wait for further information to come in because i have to go to press and then publish the press. my paper goes to press press every tuesday it has to be on the stands uh by wednesday so you take a decision take a call The written word seems to be the jewel in your crown. Uh, given that and your expertise at it, uh, Parvin, uh, is there a book in your future? Um I've heard and maybe true in my case also that everybody has at least one book in uh, if we go through tell the story of your life, my life. Certainly one book. Um I started I started uh, uh despite my background in spirituality the books that I have can write from my life they are not very spiritual <laughs> uh I actually uh, I the first job I had in my life was in a in a hotel working as a steward in a in a five star hotel in in Delhi and hotels I don't know about now. This was what forty, fifty years ago. Uh, are the worst places in the world to work in? Maybe not as bad as brothels, but <laughs> but uh, hotels. Oh my God! Uh, this this particular hotel, I um, and I was also the the worst waiter in the world. I uh, there was a movie around that time. Uh, what was that? It was about a hotel waiter, and anyway, so why it was such a such a stressful job? I don't know about other hotels, but in this particular hotel, it was called Claridge's Hotel. Um, but particularly Indian guests will come and ask me, "Can you bring? Can you bring in in Hindi mal? Mal meaning?" um 
they meant a woman. Men will tell, ask me, can, can you organize, arrange a, a woman, uh, a call girl to, to sleep with every other day, so many times. So I assume that some other hotel staff must be also doing this on the side. And there were days, nights, when almost every room there will be a male guest and a call girl in that room. Anyway, so, so but there were so many funny uh, things also happened. Um, uh, like uh, a, a Maharaja used to come to that hotel and uh, he was little off. If he feels very happy with the waiter, he'll take out a, a, a jewel and, and, and give as a tip. Or there'll be an antique clock in his room and he'll give that as a tip to, to the waiter. That kind of experience. Or, 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 or a, a businessman, uh, um, filthy rich businessman will come and he'll have a vat of notes, currency notes, 20, 20 rupees notes or whatever in his hand and from the gate onwards he'll start giving it to anybody he came across any any staff so people knew that this guy he was named Bijli Pahalwan or something and that he's coming so people will make a line uh, from the entrance to the to the dining hall and make a line and, and he'll give a 20 rupee note to, to everybody so, so many incidents that is uh, that is one book I have. I started and I can write. So. A waiter tends to try to please his clientele. Do you feel a journalist should please his audience or tell them the truth as he sees it? Yeah. I think uh, telling the truth but also not in a very bitter way and not in a uh, inciting way that can incite people to 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 violence or or whatever. Uh, so in fact, uh, one uh, one suggestion, one advice I can give to the the listeners is: uh, in this day and age, try to see both sides of the picture. On at least in New York, I I see on on television. CNN is right next to Fox News. So I'll flip channels from CNN to Fox, what Fox is saying, or to MSNBC, which is still extreme, extreme left uh, TV channel. So try to see the, uh, the other side of the story. What is their viewpoint? Even if you are a Democrat, try to see what Republicans are thinking. What is their view? They, 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 are, not, uh, they are not villains or in, in, in everything. So try to see the, the other side and, and be as rational, as fair-minded as, as possible. And educate yourself on, on, on the other point of view. Similarly, if you are a Jew or a Christian or a Hindu, try to, to learn about other religions. And they, they are not, uh, but I, even in my community these days, I, I, I do see that people do have a bias against Muslims. Uh, no two ways about that. They say, once a Muslim, always a Muslim. Or, or the Muslims mean they, they will eventually bring the, the Sharia law or whatever. But uh, so that may be also feeding into the, the negative energy, negative things coming out from the, from the Muslim community. They, they are always on, on the defensive that uh, the, all others, and uh, that also has been talked about that the world is getting into what's called the, the war of the civilizations between the Muslim and, and, and the rest of the world, uh, which is not a, not a good thing. In fact, a few years ago, when the world was changing, that um, money economy was becoming uh, so important. I was thinking, oh, religions are going to go away, religious differences and, and so on are going to go away because commerce is, is the new god. But it has not happened. And I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. Things are not becoming better. ISIS, ISIS may be defeated. The, the problem between Islam and the rest of the world is there. I don't know how to, what can be done about it. You have so many issues you're dealing with, 
and so many experiences that you've tried to amalgamate into your personality. What is your typical work day? Getting up in the morning, sitting over breakfast to the time you pull down the cover and rest for the evening. What do your efforts entail? My morning starts with uh, lemon water with honey. I think the first thing, uh, I also drink a lot of tea, but I think the first thing in the morning one should have uh, citric uh, fruit or citric juice, very healthy. Um, yeah, so I work in sometimes two or three time zones in the sense that my team is mainly here, uh, but we have two journalists in, in India and our graphic designers uh, who uh, design the pages, they are in India. Uh, and occasionally for some special uh, pages, special issues, we have a graphic designer sitting in Macedonia. That's another example of how global the work environment is becoming. It's a small newspaper. I'm sitting here in New York, and my paper is designed in, in India. Some advertisements are designed in Europe, and we are going to print in, in Jamaica and Queens, printed there and circulated in, in New York uh, area, tri-state area. Anyway, so, so right in the morning, I have go to the restroom, uh, finish my breakfast, and then straight away sit on the computer because by then the work from India, the design pages are from uh, the, the material, editorial material from my team in, in India, from my colleagues, journalistic colleagues in India would have come, so I look at that. And uh, then I, uh, by 12 o'clock, it, uh, it is night in India, so they are done for the day. And then I take a break, and then I look at what I have to do, write articles or, or commission articles or, or um, communicate with the writers, contributors, and then in the evening, again, I uh, curate the, the material and the pages and then, then send them to the designer. So my evenings and uh, mornings are, are very busy. In the afternoon, I take a siesta. And I, the, the good thing about what I do, my job currently, is I work from home. So I have a, my work desk and a computer, and that's all I need, I, and the internet connection. Um, so the good thing about that is uh, working very hard for a few hours, I can take a siesta, I can go and lie, lie from the workroom to the bedroom, I, I go there and rest, and in the evening I'm back at my workplace, my work desk. For those in the listening audience who would like to experience your newspaper, your magazines, your writing, how might they get involved? Yeah. Um, the print newspaper is circulated in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. We are based in Long Island. We, our office is in Hicksville. And the, the paper, and I think most community papers, are not sold for a price. At least the Indian community newspapers, like my papers, the South Asian Times, it is available free at Indian restaurants, Indian Hindu Sikh temples, mosques, uh, restaurants, um, also at Indian grocery stores. Uh, it's, it's available free. Uh, we have a very strong presence in, in Long Island. Um, the newspaper is also sent out by email to an email list we have. And all the archives, all uh, and the current uh, newspaper is always posted on our website, which is the South Asian Times dot info. It's, it's not dot com, but dot info. The South Asian dot South Asian Times dot info. We have the all the e-papers up there. So people listening to me, uh, listening to this program, they can go to our website and look at the current paper or the, the, or the archives. And uh, people are also welcome to contribute articles, uh, analysis, op-eds to the newspaper, but it has to relate to the, the South Asian uh, affairs, mainly Indian-American 
community. It is the paper is for, but the uh, one uh, new thing about this paper, which I can take credit for, is uh, we said it is for the Indian community here in America, but. Indian Indian people here in America are also living in the same environment like any other American. So they are also as much interested in, in American politics. So we introduced at least two pages, if not three, on U.S. politics. So that got me more involved or, or interested in, in, in the U.S. politics, what's happening in Washington. And, and Trump is a ever-going story. Every other day there is something or the other to, to write about, and he creates so much news. Uh, we, we can't keep up with it, cope up with it. <laughs> Many guests who come on this program are reticent initially because they feel there's nothing in their life that would fill one hour. We've just done that. And I have the feeling that a few more questions and we'd have an hour more. We'd like to thank uh, Mr. Parveen Chopra, editor, journalist, transcendental practitioner of meditation, a person who's opened up some new doors. Hopefully we'll see you again. The program is called Seldom Said. My name is Robert. Robert.